Hey, what's happening, everybody? This is Dennis Terrell of Terrell Knifeworks, and you and I are listening to the Work For It podcast, where the emphasis is on business in the workshop. You can support these guys for as little as $1 a month or $12 a year, and show your support by going to patreon.com forward slash work for it to find out more. $12 a year? That won't even buy two gallons of gasoline here in California. You might as well support these guys like I do so they can help us all work for it. You're listening to the sweet and sultry sounds of an all-new, brand spanking new Work For It podcast. We have converted the podcast now away from business in the workshop to (laughs) soothing, calming, (laughs) relaxing tones where we will be filling your ears with things and your workshop with all kinds of calm. Instead of talk. As the weed of the podcast world. Instead of talking, Brian. Chill out right here on the Work For It podcast. Instead of talking, I'm just going to play some jazz trombone in the background just to cool everybody down. Yeah, Yeah, because because we want to preserve that sort of vibe because I've had the worst bout of shingles brought on by the worst (laughs) amount of stress in my entire life. (laughs) And I have been insanely sick for the last month. So, uh, yeah, we're no more screaming. The doctor says I got to calm the fuck down. Those are his exact words. (laughs) He looked right at me and he goes, 12 hour days at work and doing all this shit and screaming and whatever else you're doing on the podcast, you need to chill the fuck out. (laughs) And I'm like, fuck you. I'm not doing that. You know me, right? Oh, man. I missed the screaming at the beginning. You do miss the screaming. We can can do that maybe next week. Okay. If you haven't already figured it out, we are joined by the one, the only, the insanely beautiful man himself, Dennis Terrell of Terrell Knifeworks. Hey guys. <laughs> Nobody knows what to do. I love this. I love this so much. Everybody's like, is this for real? Is Brian really doing this right now? Oh man, I I am so accustomed to you like blowing the doors off. I don't even know. I know. Where to go with. You threw no me joke. off at the beginning. I've, I've got I've got to calm the fuck down. Doctor's orders. It's time oh, to. It's time for a new leaf. I'm turning over a new leaf. I'm going to be a part timer from here on out. I'm not, <laughs> not going to work that hard. Even last to the end of the week. Yeah, I'm uh, just gonna. I'm just gonna just just kick my feet up. I'm gonna call pickle cutters. We're gonna smoke a J during the you know on Facetime, and we're just gonna we're just gonna do our thing, man. You know. Yeah, so. let Brent do all the work. <laughs> sure, sure. Okay, real quick. Now that you brought that up, without Brent, without Bald Man. We would have been so screwed. I mean, he picked up the slack, man. He worked extra hours, and he just really saved my ass. So um, I will say uh, that it was the best decision I've ever made to hire that guy and put him in in a position where he could help me out. So, Brent, we appreciate you. Thank you so much. Um, I'm back at it now. So, you know, we're back at working together and all that. But, uh, yeah, been a rough go, and I appreciate everybody that's reached out to me and like you know asked if I'm doing okay and all that. And yeah, it's like it's really strange when you get sick like this. It's like you're in a prison, like you can't do anything, so you're like stuck, like you can't move, you can't really sleep, you can't eat, and it feels like you know you can't, you're stuck. Like it, I equate it to like being in a prison cell, or or like uh, like the hole, you know, when they describe the hole in prison where you go, like you get in that confined space and you just can't do anything. That's how I felt for the last month. And uh, I'm back, you know, probably about 60, 70 percent. I'm I'm doing great and uh, feeling better and all that. So back at it. And we're on the podcast. And I could not think of a better person to have on the podcast with us today other than Mr. Dennis Terrell. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I, I had a I had a butt of COVID right when I got back from maker camp. Uh, oh, geez. So I know which I know what uh, being sick is like lately. Yeah. How are yeah. you doing with that? You OK? I'm just fine. It was the first time I ever got it, so it hit me pretty hard. But um, yeah, it uh, it was. I mean, we're fine now. It's still, you know, the cough and the, that kind of crap, but nothing. Yeah, like it sounds like what you went through. 
Yeah, well, you know, it's a different kind of sickness, you know, just it, like pain versus being, you know, um, laid up and fatigued. So it's just, yeah, it's the whole thing. But uh, yeah, if, you, if you're listening to this and you're over the age of 50, I highly recommend you get the vaccine for the shingles. Uh, you can get it with a doctor's prescription if you're younger than 50 which I will be getting, um, but uh, that could save you a whole lot of pain. Um, you know, I had a really severe case of it. So, you know, you just never know what you're, you know, when you get shingles, it could be like a little patch that's like kind of painful or whatever. My entire right side of my torso, like imagine a seven inch wide band that went all the way from my stomach all the way around to my, the middle of my upper back. Mm. And, um, and it feels like, it feels like someone is, like you got in a really bad car accident. That's like how it first starts. Like everything underneath feels like, you, you know, you've been bruised or beaten with a baseball bat. And then it turns into being beaten with a baseball bat that is on fire, mm. if that makes sense. So you start burning and itching and the whole thing. So it's essentially the chicken pox virus. I was going to say shingles is the chicken pox, right? So if you had chicken yeah, exactly. pox as a kid, are you good? Nope. I had oh, chicken pox as a kid. That's <laughs> yeah, actually that's- what gives it to you. I was going to so say you, the exact the opposite, right? Yep. Oh, exactly. If you've been vaccinated as a child, I think you have less of an instance of it. Like all my kids, but back when I, I'm old, so like there was no vaccine for it when we were a kid. We just, my parents like took me to a party where all like one kid had chicken pox yeah, yeah. and then we all got it. There was a South Park episode about this and that's actually <laughs> true. That did happen. And it was because when you get it as a child, it's not as severe as getting it as an adult, like when you get shingles. Uh, but what they didn't know was later in life, it can resurface because it lives dormant in your nervous system. And then it does come back and it can bite you in the butt. One in four people get it, uh, you know, so you've okay, got 25 percent. You got me scared now. I'm going to go. And Dude, I'd go get it, bro. I'm telling you, just go get it and just be done with it and don't even think about it. But anyway, health aside. I got so much to talk about. I got t- tons of stuff going on in the workshop. Are you guys interested in hearing about what I have happening? Oh, yeah, of course, man. Mm. All right. Lay so we are full, full fledged production of the ribbon burners. We're pouring 12 a week now to keep up with demand. And it, you know, the straw issue that we were having before, a lot of people were trying to give me, you know, tips on that with wax and different types of plastics and everything. We ended up going right back to the original concept, which was just these thin plastic drinking straws. But I recreated the mold just a little bit differently this time so that we can actually extract the straws. And with the right mold release, uh, it the straws come out. And if you're gentle, you can reuse them. You know, we've reused them like four or five times, you know, before they start to get kind of like, you know, crunched up a little bit. Yep. So very little waste. And we have the process down now where we're uh, cutting the parts here in the shop. We're welding them all together. And then we custom built a vibratory table so that we can put the mold down into the vibratory table and then pour the castellite on top of that. And it settles right down. I mean, we have the process down where one person can pour six ribbon burners in one hour. So it's very it's, cool. You know, the, the actual plenum, it, it takes that's the longest part. You know, because you got to cut all the steel out and clean it up and then weld it, you know, fold it and weld it. But we are uh, quickly going to become one of the very few commercially made ribbon burners that are on the market. And I truly believe ours is just top quality. I mean, every single one we test it and burn it and kiln dry the refractory and it's, you know, it's Castellite LI plus, uh, Castellite 30 LI plus. So they're rated for 3000 Fahrenheit. And we've got a couple that are living out in the wild that are being tested right now that have, you know, 80, 90, 100 hours on them. And they're just clean and no cracks and just, you know, burning hot and and just keep on chugging. So uh, super proud of that project. That was like one of those things where we just had to have tons of tenacity, not giving up, just, you know, failure after failure after failure and just continuously pushing forward and through the muck to try to figure out, okay, what's the best way to do this? And now that we've got it sorted out, I cannot wait to see these things all out in the wild. And the other cool part about this is that we will have ribbon burner kits where you'll be able to bend your own plenum. We're going to make them with relief cuts. You'll need a welder to make this happen, but you'll be able to bend your own plenums. 
and you, which is the body, the steel body part. And then you'll be able to 3D print your own mold. So you'll be able to put your plenum into the mold and then we'll sell a Castellite, you know, bag of Castellite with the mixing instructions and all that. So for the DIYers who want to save a little bit of money or people who just want to try it, they'll be able to build their own ribbon burners at their in their workshops and then, you know, put them into use. So super so, excited about that. The plenum, is that the part of your body that got this big, you know, rash on it or what <laughs> what's going on with the plenum? The plenum is the is the body of the ribbon burner. So that's oh, okay. the folded steel part. And yes, that would be similar to like my torso. You know, okay, inside. great, great. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, <laughs> so, exactly. So. What, I, what I think is cool about this project is you started with like, you know, you built grinders. You were like a metal guy. And now you move into like pouring refractory as one yeah. of, you know, like you must have learned a ton just doing that. It's such a different process than like metal work. Completely different. I mean, the, and then learning how to design plate steel to be cut to be bent that was the other part like you know it's it's to some people it probably like looks totally easy and it is but it's like you know how do you figure that out like i need this amount of room and i have to you know so you you 3d you, you build it in cad like fusion and then fusion has like a sheet metal component to it that allows you to bend sheet metal so it'll kind of like react the same way as it would if it was a real piece of sheet metal which is really cool and then um and then to actually see it to kind of come to fruition and then you're right the refractory portion of it was just like way out of my wheelhouse i was when i first mixed it at the, my first few i realized i was mixing it way too thin and i had somebody reach out to me this is why i love the internet by the way um, I love having reach, which is like insanely cool. So I'm showing all this stuff off and a guy messages me who worked for a guy who makes the, um, the furnaces for people who do glass blowing. Mm. And he worked for this guy for like 10 years. And he's like, he's asking me all these really relevant questions. And, and he didn't tell me right away that, you know, who he was and what he did and whatever. And, and I started I asked him, I, well, how do you know all this stuff? And he's like, well, I made ribbon burners for this company, which is a, is a furnace company. He's like for 10 years. And I helped develop all of this stuff. Turns out that they do it now the exact way we're doing it. But theirs are a little slightly different. Like they have, they use 3D printable straws instead of like plastic straws. They 3D print all of their straws because they want them to be like a weird shape. They're not, um, they're not circles. They're not like cylinders. They're, they're like star shapes. And um, it was super interesting shit, man. I got sucked into their feed and started reading about all this stuff. And he's like, he's like one of the biggest problems that people come up with when they start mixing refractory is they mix it too thin. And then all of the, like the, the real um, heat shield stuff floats to the surface. Cause it's, it's less, it's, uh, buoyant, you know, right. <clears throat> and then it ruins the refractory. And I had done that a couple of times and I had a couple of them crack on me. And he's like, you got to really keep them dry, which then poses another problem because when you go to pour it into a mold, it doesn't flow. <laughs> it doesn't flow. It's like, so when you're watching the videos of me pouring that refractory, it's like pouring, uh, gosh, it would be like almost like, pouring cement that's like halfway set up mm. but the second it hits that vibration table it turns into quicksand and it just goes into this like liquid state where it can just like mo move around and fill in all the little cracks and all the bubbles rise to the surface and then the second you turn it off you could walk on it it's that that hard and to figure out that ratio, like, okay, the mix of the Castellite with how much water, which is like 20% by volume, or 20% by weight, and then figuring out how to make it flow, all of that shit was, like, very, very difficult to understand and figure out. But once we did it, man, oh, God, it's so sweet. It's like it's like we've got this process down now where we can pour six in an hour. And, um, man, it's just super fun. Super fun project. I'm totally proud of it. It's like... I mean, almost as cool as the Grinder project, but not yeah. quite. That having sounds made, a little. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Dennis. I was just say, having made having made it two or three of these myself. Uh, <laughs> it's they are not as easy as everybody thinks to get them yes. perfect. 
Yes. And that's, you know, a couple of people have said that, you know, our pricing on the burners is we're at 185 for the burner. They're like, oh, wow, it's really high. You know, I could buy a whole forge for that. It's like, well, that's not high. At yeah. All. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, it's you have to understand, like, the amount of work that goes into these to make them. There's there's several hours invested in each one, plus days and days and days of curing. And then we uh, kiln dry them and you know, that we're doing it right. So you buy this ribbon burner. And by the way, I haven't released this yet, but Brent and I did a destruction test on one of them wow. to find out what happens if you drop one of these. Like, you know, what happens if you hit one with a hammer? Wait until you see this footage. Yeah, this stuff is so tough. I, you, It literally took, we had uh, uh, one of those hammer chisels, like you know, like a rotary hammer chisel trying to get through it. It's got titanium in it. That's why they're so heat resistant. Mm. It's unbelievable how tough these things are. Yeah, so we I, know that, and then they bind themselves to steel, which we now know because I tried to use metal um, uh, straws and that just turned into rebar because there's something in the castellite that kind of like etches this whatever's around it. So everything that that thing touches, unless it's plastic, it sticks to mm. once it's cured. Gotcha. So they're really, really durable, and they should last a really long time. So, yeah, the, super stoked about that. The people who are saying, oh, well, I can get a whole forge for that $180, that's that's totally apples to oranges. Like, there's there's no way that that $180 <laughs> that, That's watermelon to oranges. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. flame mignon yeah. to oranges. Like, it's literally it, it's not hard. even close to the same type of a thing. Right, and it's hard because, you know, you got these companies that are making these forges that are just very thin steel and their atmospheric burners and stuff. And I, I see the benefit to that. I own one of those and I ran that for a long time and it got me into the, the, the hobby of doing this. But I, you know, you quickly learn like you're standing five feet away from one of those things and you could fry an egg on any piece of steel that's anywhere mm -hmm. near. It. I mean, they're so, they radiate so much heat. And that's the key to this thing is that you got to contain the heat. And I've talked about all that, but it's, it's very, very fun project. So we're, we're doing that. We're very, getting very close to ordering all of the kits. So we've got the doors figured out. We've got, I've got a couple of cool prototype doors that I'm building right now too, that are just like basically hanging fire bricks. You know, there's nothing, no steel really. It's just the hook. You saw that in the live feed that I did, mm -hmm. you, uh, Brian. And um, yeah, so I've been working on that, obviously just trying to get better um bald man and i are testing out ts prof i don't know if you guys know that company yep. they're like yep. a sharpening company they sent us one of their sharpening systems and we've been playing with that and it's pretty good it's really good actually i will say that i've got knives super sharp that i didn't think i could get sharp so that's been fun and um so what what everybody uh, wants to know when is the apollo forge gonna be production yeah, my goal was to have it done by now, and then I got sick. We had the hurricane, so I think we're about a month out, maybe a month and a half out. Um, once I send everything to laser, I can have all that stuff back in like a week or two. So my, I'm gonna, what I'm going to do is I'm going to order 50 of them, and then um, I should have all pricing and everything. I'm pretty close on the pricing anyway already, but uh, uh, I'll have 50 of them as kits. And we'll see where we land. You know, hopefully we'll sell all 50. We've got a few hundred people on the list already yeah. for, for pre-orders. So I assume, you know, 10% of those people will buy at just, least. Just in time for so Christmas. That's what there I'm hoping is. for. There yeah, I got kind of screwed with getting sick and the hurricane and everything. But, uh, but yeah, so. And then um, also one last thing. Uh, fireball tool um we Yo. <laughs> managed to get that table and unbox it and stuff and it's just awesome it's just such an awesome tool so um and, and we paid for it it wasn't it was sort of sponsored like jason gave us a discount but it you know we paid you know for it and it's awesome it's an awesome table just yeah. amazing piece of equipment to have the job, so i've got that on yeah. my list of things to talk about like basically your first impressions of that fireball tool table and then also all of the other different tools that he sent with it yeah, well, the the number one thing that you'll take away with any fireball tool is quality. You know, when you look at and use these tools, you realize it's quality, it's precision, it's a lifelong tool. You bought something that will be with you your whole career. And that's the, the key to this thing is that, yes, you can buy cheaper tables. There's cheaper tables out there. Um, but, you know this is the work I do. You know, I'm at that table all day, you know, I'm making stuff and welding things up. So 
Well, definitely worth it. Yeah, it was w- worth what's it. the retail on that table? Um, I think the way I have it configured is about twelve thousand dollars. Whew. Yeah. yeah, it's pricey. <laughs> it's it's also very big, and it's also one piece of cast iron. So there's it's not like a traditional. Uh, there's some other cast iron tables out there, but most of these guys that are making welding fabrication tables, they're sheet steel that are uh, set up like in a grid work, and they're welded together. There, you know, there's something that Jason went through the trouble of actually turning these into a mold, and then having a foundry like pour like a anvil. They pour this table, and then they machine all the holes in it, and they machine all the top, and so everything is super flat. Um, and then the caster wheels are enormous. I mean, it's just like one big heavy, it's 4,000 pounds. The, t- the table on its own is 4,000 pounds. So it's just, uh, it's an awesome beefy piece of equipment. So super blessed to have that thing. For sure. It's going to be, sure. going to be awesome moving forward, man. We're just, we're just going to keep cranking out grinders and, you know, moving into Q th- Q1 of 2023, we will have fully fabricated grinder kits. So you don't even have to build your own grinder anymore. You just call us and or order one through the website and we'll create it up and ship it to you and you that'll go. be that'll be the next step the next evolution of the revolution so nice <laughs> should be pretty good yeah very cool very cool so um i saw that bald man i don't know if he brought the albatross in with the carbon fiber that i supplied yes him. Did, did you get to check that thing out yet yes and it's interesting because sarah and i both said the same thing separately so yeah. I held the knife and she held the knife in a, in a completely different space. We weren't together and we both said the same thing. Yeah. What's super interesting about that material is that it feels like metal in your mm-hmm. hand. It's yep. cold. It's not like G10 or micarta or any epoxy product. It feels cooler than the room in yeah. your hand. Is it? It's bizarre. It's odd. It's, yeah. And it's awesome. And yeah. it's smooth and clean and beautiful looking. There's a lot of texture that goes into that that piece because, you know, it's like shredded carbon fiber that's kind of layered inside of some magical epoxy, I'm assuming. But it's mm-hmm. awesome stuff, man. Amazing. High quality stuff. So, yeah, I would be pushing that like times a million. Just trying um, to get as much of that out there as possible. So I'm down to, I think, three tiles left before my next batch comes in, and it should be a batch of 20 next. So there is limited supply right now. I also have a bunch of the um, monodirectional carbon fiber, which is that black pearl stuff, so that's still up for grabs. Um, Did Brent get to tell you about how it worked at all? He did. He explained how easy it was to work with. Right. Which which surprised me because it's carbon fiber. You know, it's like really, really tough stuff. So you'd think it would be difficult. But he said it was very easy to work. He loves it. He's going to buy more. He's he's sold. He's into it. Sweet, sweet. Um, I did talk to him for quite a bit. And uh, basically, he said that like he went from like just gluing on the scales, not even rough ground at all to a hand sanded finish in less than 30 minutes. And yeah, he yeah. basically said he, he, it ground, it grinds like butter and it just works super, super easy. And I mean, I thought I was crazy because I've been working with it. I was like, this can't be so easy. And it turns out other people are seeing the same thing now, but yeah, so we've got a bunch of that. And then also I just got a hold of my carbon fiber company and they have one inch stripping of that, um, that, um, black pearl material. And it sounds like they, it is, it was going to be, you know, you know, going to be waste so i'm getting it for super cheap so what my plan is with that there's three 50 gallon buckets full of this one inch stripping which you know is a little bit thin for handle material but it could be good for other like you know bolsters or smaller knives or stuff like that basically what my plan is is i'm going to cut it up and weigh out a pound of this stuff and sell it you know for 20 bucks plus shipping to get a pound of this carbon fiber material just to try out so it can get into a bunch of people's hands. So I'm going to try to, I don't have it quite yet in my shop, so it might be sometime next week before those are up on the website, but I should have a boatload of that one inch stripping of that um, black pearl material for people to pick up and test out. Your margins are good enough where you can sell it by the pound. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like 
I mean, I'm giving away the, all the information, but I, I'm getting it for like a 50 gallon bucket. I'm paying 50 bucks for it just just oh, because it okay. was gonna wow. yeah. it was it was gonna be trash anyways. And it's yeah. like you know, at this point, I can get it out to a bunch of people, and you know, all all of the all of the proceeds I get from it is just gonna go back into buying more carbon fibers because I really think that 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 X Forge shredded carbon fiber once people really start using it. I'm hoping that it'll kind of catch on a little bit and it just makes it so that I don't have to invest a bunch of, you know, the money that I don't have <laughs> into, you know, buying, sure. buying, you know, stock of it, you know, but yeah. And I said some this venture for you, Brian, because I, I think it, what will, what will you'll start to see is, you know, adding these other little components to your business are going to create revenue streams that are not hands-on so much for you where you're going to be you're going to see the value in all of that where you know you can make your margin but it's not doesn't require an enormous amount of focus and time you can do other things you can still make money but you're you know i i'm really excited to see what you do with this i think it's such a good move man you, you you're making all the right moves it's awesome what I really hope is that it kind of not necessarily eliminates, but kind of smooths out those, you know, roller coaster rides of feast and then famine and then feast and then famine. You know, maybe with the the supplemental sales of this carbon fiber, I can have, you know, a little bit nor more of a normal bank account on a regular basis, you know? <laughs> I love oh, it. goodness. Yeah. But yeah, Dennis, I sent some over to you. I sent it to Jared, who who was supposed to drop a couple pieces off. I don't know. Did he did he end up keeping it all for himself? No, you yeah, you sent it to me, not to him. Oh shoot! I, I thought I sent it to Jared. <laughs> yeah, I, I lost Jared's. I don't know what happened to it. Oh okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, he got it. I, I I love it. I haven't used it yet because the the couple of projects I'm doing are um, are uh, hidden tang. But uh, I'm anxious to to try it out, so you'll see it in an upcoming project. For sure, for sure. Speaking of projects you're working on, that spear I've been kind of seeing a little little hints and peaks at it. Yeah, it's been fun. I've never done anything like this, so uh, um, it's an interesting one. And I'm I'm thrilled that I don't have to actually put a spend a time, you know, doing handle work and all that stuff. I just got to mount it, so that'll be fun. Tell us about it because I, I've seen it. It looks kind of like a mosaic. It looks like maybe there's like a snake tongue in the center of it. It's, it's a really bizarre looking piece of material. And of course, it's not etched yet, or at least I haven't seen it right. etched yet. So it's it's hard to really see the pattern in it yet. Yeah, I did. Well, I did the whole I did a video last week on that pattern. That It's feather, but it's that river of fire feather. So it's the wavy feather. And it, right. it um, you know, gets thinner as it gets to the tip. Um, so I thought that would look cool down the spear. It's a commission, so uh, it's I'm doing it for for someone, and then I got to get all these, putting some like Viking runes on the on the socket, and doing the oh. socket was interesting. Um, I chose the lathe route and then forge welded them together. So, but it turned out really well. It's in, it just came out of the uh, oven for uh, n um, um, normalization, so it'll be heat treated later today. Nice, nice. I mean, so, it's... Hey, uh, I'm sorry, Brian. I didn't mean to cut you off. But I, Dennis, I've been, I had something on my mind for a while, uh, not to shift gears totally, but um, you had built a twisting machine. Yes. And I watched the video on it, and it's super interesting to me because this is a, a tool that I think you make it accessible to a lot of people where, you know, because there's guys out there that, that have commercial twisting machines they're kind of like lathes that have you know stop on one side and a chuck on the other and then they you know they spin sort of slow yeah. or whatever they're high torque machines yeah you most people use this. pipe threaders but they're yes, super expensive yeah. very expensive uh, i mean what's your plan with that thing what do you what do you want to do with it i, I know you had talked talked about maybe putting a plan set together for it or you have any thoughts on that yeah i mean i, I mean i'm i'm not the the guy that's going to you know, go that route of getting steel and all that. But I, I might, you know, put a little plan set together on how to set it up. Obviously, the uh, I bought the, it's it uses a, for those that aren't familiar, it uses a, one of those right angle drills that actually have a lot of torque. And they're, I bought mine at Harbor Freight for like 160 bucks or something like that. So the whole build is only 
I think $240 cause there's just a little bit of steel. Wow. Um, and for a twisting machine, that's pretty good. Oh, that's insane. That's insanely cheap. Yeah. But it and works great. I've used it for a bunch of projects already. This really seems like a product that would go well in housemade.us. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, well, <laughs> at some point, yeah, maybe I'll build it and then we'll work out something. Because there, there's, you know, things like that, they don't have as high of a market. You know, there's, there's not like a grinders or a sure. forge, you know, where, there's, you know, not everybody wants a twisting machine. But a plan set could make sense. You know, where people buy the plan set from you for 10, 15 bucks and it's just becomes passive income, you know, where you can, you know, I, I will, I will say I was super impressed by watching how you like you effortlessly, it appeared effortlessly, you know, put that together in your video. I'm like, man, he's been thinking about this for a while. You can tell like, you're like, I've got to come up with something to make this process easier. And you did it. So super impressed by that, by the way. Dennis, now I got you on the podcast. I wanted to also a uh, big shout out and kudos to you for your channel on YouTube, because when I was sick, you know, I don't watch every one of your videos, you know, but I, I needed stuff to look at because I'm just laying in bed, you know, not doing anything. And so, you know, I'm like, I'm going to go through Dennis's catalog and just start watching, you know, went back like a few months and just kind of um, every one that I hadn't watched, I just kind of went through and watched it. And your progression, uh, for, you know, they always say, like, how do you get good at making YouTube videos? Well, you make a whole bunch of them, right? You know, and and that's what you've done. I mean, you've you went from just your standard YouTuber to creating a really easy to watch format, which I and I learn so much from your channel. It is like because I'm into now I'm looking at mosaics. I'm getting a little bit more invested in that process. And I learn so much about patterning and how you draw things out and you do your visuals. You're such an asset to the community, dude. Like, thank you. I just want you to know how much I appreciate your work. Well, you're gonna see you're gonna see a video on the kind of like a star pattern, an explosion pattern, because Jared it was in the shop and he's doing it. And uh, so you're gonna see that that video come out probably not next week, but the week after. And uh, we take Jared through making a mosaic. So that'll be cool. Nice. I've seen nice. some BTS footage because uh, Jared and, and uh, Brent are close. And um, Brent has been sharing some of the, you know, the photos and things of the process of that star pattern. Super cool. Yeah. I can't wait for it to come out. It's going to yeah. be awesome. You got anything else going on in your shop, Dennis? Um, anything no, fun? I'm notable the spear finishing up that spear build i mean the the i've got that um turkish twist knife that it's going to be after that that i showed you if you saw the twist damascus episode that uh yep that knife which i'm excited about and then i got a couple actually over the past months i got a bunch of commissions and i don't normally take them but i've got the gold knife that i got to do yeah, I've been looking forward to that thing. So that's yes. going to be, I'll start that one probably in December. And then uh, I got a guy who wants me to do um, a Scottish Claymore. Yo! Whoa. So that one will probably be the big video for uh, first half of next year. That one might be, I don't know, is is a Claymore? I, I don't want to... I don't want to say what type of challenge we're doing next, but I feel like maybe it might, maybe it might just fit a little bit. No, 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 no. I got something okay. else planned for that. Oh, of course you do. Of course. <laughs> Speaking oh. of challenges, the reason why Dennis is on the show today, and we may not reveal this right now, but we're going to tell, we're revealing the winner or winners, I will say, of the fantasy challenge. Yes, that we has are. not been that has not been released. That data has not been released. And more importantly, we're going to find out between <laughs> Brian and myself who, who ended up higher. who was higher in the ranking, because I don't think I won. But I will say Brian and I had a very friendly. Right. Sort of so there's some really interesting data there. So I'm I'm oh, yeah? I'm I'm excited to tell you guys and see how you feel about it. 
Okay. Well, so, Brian, do you want to do this right now, or do you want to tell us what you got going on in your shop, and then we'll come back to this? What do you want to do? I mean, we can come back. I want to know who won between the two of us. <laughs> what I think. Uh, he's like jumping out of his seat. He's like, screw Whoa. this, right? Screw what's going on in my shop. Yeah. All right, Dennis, hit us with here. It, here's here's the short. Here's the short version. Um, the the WFI podcast struck like this this um this curse that i have where i bring up something and it just completely falls apart it struck again <laughs> with that house the damn thing fell right through the floorboards oh, no. uh it was basically basically what ended up happening is the owners were kind of unethical with the fact that there was a it was an acre of land and this giant shop with way 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 too much into it and the house was of course a fixer-upper but it was worth way more than the 55k that they put on the price tag and basically what they were doing is they're they're starting a bidding war. They, it was never going to go for anywhere near that sure. 55K. That's a shitty technique. I don't it like is. That. It is. It is. They do that in California all the time. Oh, that's yeah. where they learned it. Yeah. But Damn. So, yeah, we, we pretty much we, – we talked to the people, and before we even did a walkthrough, the price was already over like uh, 200K, which is out of our price range. But Dang. But yeah, so you know, there'll be more in in the uh, in the future. We'll be looking. Um, yeah, just working on some shit. Let's let's go ahead and learn. You know, how in the world did this thing turn out? Because you know we've been kind of seeing a little bit of the vote tallies, and yeah, go ahead and tell us all about it, Dennis. So so first off, remember there's three things we're going to announce today. There's the channel winners, okay? Because you know just the ch- the participating channels and then remember we had a judges tier this time and the channels got to vote on the judge and there was five judges and the judges there's also okay let me let me, let me back up so the channel winners this time the votes the the viewer votes people watching that only counted for 50 percent of the waiting the judges votes counted for the other 50 percent okay okay and then, of course, the participating channels got to vote on which judge build that they liked the best. And then lastly, we got the entrance for the viewer enter entries. I think there was 19 of those. So nice. we're also going to announce the winners for that. So where do you want to start? I just want to know if I beat Brian again. <laughs> That's all you care about. <laughs> all right. Well, I know there's no not a chance in hell that I even came close to the top, so... So let's start with just you two. Okay. <laughs> so the <laughs> this is the, so ridiculous. <laughs> the interesting part here is let's call it the popular vote. The okay. popular vote, Brian House, uh, at uh, 134 votes over B Cone at 51. Who slaughtered you? Yeah, but how's, slaughtered how's that feel, Brian? How'd the Electoral College vote, though? But <laughs> B. Cone got an extra 131 points from the judging. Okay, all so right. That all right. puts B. Cone at 182 versus Mr. House at 154. Or sorry, <laughs> at so you won. All right, Brian, uh, you won. Look at you. That's so, like a hollow win, though, because like no, it's not. You, you got the win. you got the popular vote, but I got the electoral college. You but know? but well, really, man, now. you got to look at it like that. You I would look at it the it other from, way. Yeah, I would look at it the other way. I would say like the judges, they're they're looking at things that are more, you know, it's less of a popularity contest. Let's put it. That's that right. Way. Exactly sure. right. I might all just right. be way more popular than you. That's all it is. Well, that's that's just natural <laughs> right there. That's it. So and the, <laughs> the the other thing that the judges, and this is really just for the channels, but the the judges, not only did they just judge, you know, their top five, they also are going to supply comments. So every one of the channels is going to get a list of comments from the judges on their build. Cool. So I'll be, yeah. I'll be emailing those out today to all of the participating channels and you'll just get to get to get the opinions and just the what the judges had to say. That's awesome. going to be huge for sure. That's awesome. All right. So let's get to the top four um, in the challenge. So at number four, we've got PJT Forging. That's Phil uh, over in the UK who did those awesome claws. 
Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Those were great. They were awesome. And and I and I should say like the judging the the, the judges' votes weren't just on the finished product. The judges' votes were on the build, meaning was the video entertaining? Did it keep them captivated? Was it a really cool build? You know, so it wasn't just like on a final picture. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's okay. A, that's good to know because yeah, I think that's important for these challenges. It was good for for you to add that as a sort of a, a component to this because it will make future challenges on the people who are in those challenges understand like, look, the whole point of this is to get more eyes on our work. And if you're making a shitty video, even if you have the best knife out there and the, but the video sucks, it didn't really fully complete what was happening, you know, as part mm. of this challenge. It, so exactly. I think that's a great, great, great addition to this. And we didn't want it to be like the guys with the best tooling who can make Damascus and like those guys are going to win because, you know, it, it, sure. entertaining. And yes. Phil's video is honestly one of my favorite videos as far as entertainment. Like it, yes. it was really fun to watch. Those were the uh, Wolverine claws looking yes. things, right? Yes. Yeah, 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 that was a that was an awesome video for right. sure. So yeah, that was cool. So he will be a judge in the next one. Nice, That's awesome. Uh, next at number three, Eric at the Rivers Experience. Wow. No kidding! All right, yeah. That's awesome. Uh, okay. He did really well in both the voting and the judges' voting. So really good. Nice. Uh, number two um, was Trollski. And wow! Nice. So he that's just got amazing. A, he got that's a massive amazing amount of viewer votes. That's what I was gonna say. Is from the viewer vote side, he mu- he blew all of us out of the water. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> he did well. And the the build, the number one build, the one that I'm extremely happy about, and we're gonna talk more about, is Nord Artisan yeah. coming out with mm-hmm. an amazing amount of the viewer votes. And incredible amount of the judges' votes. And the this video is the only video on any challenge that we've had to date that has actually gone viral. Right, right. Yes. Uh, I didn't look today, but when I looked yesterday, that video had 920,000 views. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Oh, it's awesome. He's incredible. It, and he was shit talking the whole time, by the way. I don't know if you saw any of his reels and stuff he was doing on Instagram, but he was just like slamming us and slamming everybody else. It was great. <laughs> it was great. When, when he first mentioned that he was going to do that build, I thought to myself, if he pulls this off, it's going to win. Like, sure. yeah, it, it's it was and it was super entertaining to watch. Yes. Um, like to watch his process and, you know, his. It was just a fun video, and I'm really glad it won. And just some interesting stats. Uh, I took I went to Social Blade, and I took the subscriber count from the day the challenge started to the day it ended, just, and got looked at percentage increases. And there was some there was uh, some in the 20s. One would got a 50 percent increase. I think uh, um, David at Dark Blade Knives he had like 50 percent increase. Like. Some really big numbers. Uh, Sven at Nord Artisan had 488% increase. Yeah. Huge. Yeah. Huge. Huge. Honestly, watching that video felt like watching a Mark Roper video. Yeah. Like it was, yeah. it was so interesting to watch him. You know, he wasn't just building it and just, you know, you see the product at the end. He was explaining it. He was, you know, every little thing that went right or went wrong, he was, he was playing into it and, building a story around the whole thing. It was so cool. Yeah. And, and this, this is exactly why we were do we started these challenges. We've got a, uh, a channel that went from like 2.4 thousand subscribers to over. And I don't know the exact, I haven't looked today, but it was 17,000 subscribers yesterday, oh, the day before. Yeah. That's, like, that's exactly why we created these challenges to bring these small channels up and just put them in the spotlight. So I'm yeah. really, really happy with the way this challenge went. And, um, you know, it accomplished what we wanted these things to accomplish. Congratulations yeah, sure. to those guys, man. That is so great. That is such a great uh, bit of feedback from this because 
you know, when you're in the middle of it, I we're on the Slack channel and we're, you know, reading everybody's comments about how they're, you know, last minute, you know, everybody's trying to kind of um, finish up their blades and everybody's stressed out and stuff. And we're all just kind of like, oh, we're trying to get this stuff done and get it out and everything. And and then when it all comes out, you have this amazing bit of content to watch. You know, you've got mm-hmm. 20 plus videos of, you know, people making knives that you've been kind of working with or you know and a lot of those guys are patrons of ours here on the work for it podcast and it's so cool because it makes you feel like you're part of something huge and you are you know it's it's a huge thing so dennis awesome job man awesome good work it's fun to put together i'm thrilled that we have so much interest in it so all right let's keep going so the judges so these were voted by the channels and our sponsors, but there was 17 votes total for the judges. Um, we had a tie for third, um, which is strange. Um, and, and I'll go over the four judges are Blackbeard, um, uh, Ailey Knives, so Blackbeard Projects, Ailey Knives, Ensick Ailey, uh, Spencer at Heavy Forge, and myself. Okay. Nice. Um, Ensick, he, he had some some issues, some family issues. So he actually didn't, he released the final picture, but didn't release his video. So I think that probably hurt him. Yeah. Um, but Blackbeard and Spencer tied third. Um, so that was awesome. Sure. In second uh, was um, Aaron at Ailey Knives. And then yours truly came in first. Wow. Dennis won again. Uh, but I, I have mixed feelings about I this because now I can't compete in the main challenge next time. But Ah, oh well. yes. yeah. Well, you're back in the judges seat, right? That's right. But yeah. there'll be four new judges, so that'll be fun too. we got to keep you out of the main arena. Yeah, right? I think that's what you guys are secretly doing. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> We've got we to have a little bit of a shred of chance to win. <laughs> Yeah, that's oh, awesome, goodness. man. I, that's that fantastic. You know, I, I one of my favorite people to watch in this whole thing is Spencer, because you know he's got this niche with the wood steel, and he's just yeah. like running with it. I mean, the social media stuff he's doing, and the educational work he's doing around woots. The, I mean, it's become one of my favorite things to watch, and he's just a hell of a guy. He's just a super nice guy, anyway. But it's like such a great thing to see these guys rising up through these challenges. So super there's awesome. so nice few time. people doing it. And if you ever talk to Spencer on the phone and like, I've asked him questions about it and he starts going off on like, you know, science stuff yeah. <laughs> on this stuff. And I was like, Whoa, man, like he knows a lot about the, like it's, he's not some guy just playing around. Like he knows all of the science around it too. And he's buying equipment so that he can, you know, look at the molecular structure of these yeah. steel components. I mean, he's really, really investing in this. And I think it's a good move because there's just so few people doing it. And he could be like the, you know, modern day father of Woot Steel. You know, he could to educate people and bring value like that to a community because there's so few people that will even attempt it in their lifetime. Um, and, he, you know, he's doing it every every weekend. You know, he's making Woots. So you're it's it's so cool to watch. It makes me feel like one day I could maybe attempt it. You know, I think you should. You really should. I'd like to. So, try yeah. The one last thing that we need to announce is I know that there is there's three different options for the next challenge that the viewers were picking. Oh, yeah, we're going to we're going to get to that. We're going to announce that at the end. Okay. All right. All right. So let's get on to the viewers, because I think uh, they're they're uh, anxiously waiting the viewer announcements here. So in third place for the viewer submissions was Benjamin Angeloni and this knife. it's uh, it's certainly differentially heat treated. It's got these waves on the top. It's got a beautiful green handle. Uh, just a gorgeous knife. He did such an amazing job and definitely hit the fantasy mark on this one. If I remember correctly, those waves on the top literally look like crashing waves on the ocean. It's yeah. it's really stunning looking. It, especially with the differential uh, uh, heat treat, like it really comes off as waves. They look really cool. For sure, for sure. Nice. So good job. And remember, there are prizes. We'll talk about our sponsors after this, but there are prizes for uh, for the viewers. Um, in second place, Bobcat Forge. 
for this, um, uh, I can only call it a, a, a buoy, but I'm not sure what else. It's a huge Asgard buoy. It's, um, it's got Damascus, a really cool Damascus pattern, beautiful handle, um, but definitely hits the fantasy mark just with the guard and just the way it's shaped. So really, really nice. It got a lot of votes. And the next one's first place, correct? Correct. All right. Before we get into that, we need to talk about Maritime Nice Supply. <laughs> no, why don't you go ahead and tell them about who won? Yeah. In, in first place um, was Matt Smith. And Matt basically showed, took like a machining aspect to this and put all kinds of layered aspects to this beautiful sheath uh, and made this sword with this super ornate handle guard pommel like fantasy all the way such an yeah. amazing blade uh an amazing sheath uh really really good process and uh, he did a video on this which i watched after um amazing really really good job for sure for sure those were all really really high-end knives and I, I mean i went through and looked at all of the people that entered and there were so many that were so damn cool oh yeah but yeah, yeah, I mean, that, and there was a couple, um, you know, there was a, what we did were um, the uh, you got you picked your top three and there was a bunch of votes for folks that didn't make the top three like overall, but still got a whole bunch of votes. So we'll we'll uh, we'll post um, some of those in a follow on vi uh, video as well. Good. Nice. But uh, we should definitely talk about our sponsors. Um, of course, Maritime Knife Supply providing a thousand dollars in um, uh, Canadian <laughs> in um, in gift certificates for Maritime Knife Supply. So awesome stuff! I'm sure these guys are gonna um, gonna enjoy that. I think that's huge. Thousand yeah. bucks. Holy yeah. cow! All right. I think well, the split is five hundred, three hundred, two hundred, if I recall correctly. So a lot awesome. of a uh, lot of money there. And then Hikoa, okay, Jared at Hikoa um, is uh, is providing some nice Koa blocks to the winners. And then lastly, our sponsor, uh, who um, also was the provider of the um, mosaic pins, uh, Mosa US is going to provide uh, mosaic pins to the winners as well. It's awesome. Nice, nice. Yeah. So big thanks to our sponsors for uh, providing prizes to uh, our viewers. This show and every episode of Work For It is sponsored by MaritimeKnifeSupply.com. Go check out Lawrence. He's not only, um, you know, he doesn't only just sponsor podcasts, but he sponsors these uh, these uh, challenges. And he's also doing right now, he's doing a um, New England School of Metalwork. Um, uh, I guess it would be like a, uh, sco a scholarship. Scholarship, I guess is yeah. the right term. Yeah, and you can, uh, uh, just so you're aware, Lawrence does this stuff because number one, it's a it's a love of his that he enjoys the process, but he's also a smart, super savvy business person who just so happens to be a maker. So go support Lawrence Lake over at MaritimeKnifeSupply.com for your next project. And uh, at Maker Camp, I got the opportunity to forge a knife alongside Lawrence. So uh, I don't know nice. how people could tell the difference between the two. I mean, you're standing at the same anvil holding the same hammer. I bet you people are super confused. Uh, that was fun. That was a really fun time. Uh, and uh, we got Jared forging for the first time. So uh, the three of us, awesome. uh, yeah, we forged a knife Saturday night. After seeing all the video from that, um, I, I was like, I was kicking myself that I didn't go, but I would have been sick had I gone. But right. uh, next year, for sure, I'm definitely going to make it to Maker Camp. And um, there was there's a documentary on Jimmy Duresta on YouTube from a channel called Call Me Maybe. And the last half of it is all Maker Camp from this year, like footage. And it's awesome to watch. So go check that out. It's like Call Me Maybe, and it's M-A-B-I-E, not like maybe, but M-A-B-I-E. It's a play on words, and it's a documentary on Jimmy. So. Yeah, now, Emily and I have been talking about when we're going to have the wedding, and it sounds like we're going to try to do it next fall. So I'm going to do my best to try to move it around yeah. so it's not during, you know, Maker Camp. It's tough we'll because, to you know, there's happen. a lot going on, you know, Maker Camp, and then you've got like all these other like little shows and things that are happening around in the fall time. So it's, yeah, you got to really work it out so that you're not overlapping. So. Um, Dennis, you're, give me your elevator pitch on Maker Camp. Would you do it again? 
Yeah, it was super fun. And it's if you've been to Blade or any of the knife shows, it's very different, meaning that um, it, it's much more freeform. The space is huge. There's all these tents like but it look it, it doesn't look like there's a ton of people there because these tents are just so far apart. And and like when else do you get one on I got not one on one, but basically there was 10 guys standing around Mareko. Mareko Mamasi for an hour and a half watching him and getting personal tips from him on how to grind a so blade cool. and how to forge a blade. We basically watched beginning to end how he finishes, like forges and finishes right up to putting on a handle on his chef knife. It's amazing. And then that's just one thing. Like I, I turned my own pen. I made my own cutting board. Like there's so many other cool things you get to do there um, if you want. And you can pick and choose what you want to do. I know the um, uh, Dustin and Devin, the AOC guys, they're really into like building these um, log structures and they built this, you know, mortise and tenon, whatever it's called. Ben would be totally into it, uh, like a bridge over this pond. It's really cool. And they built it, you know, over the over that event. And um, it's just really fun, um, easygoing, you know, event. And the best part is, it's not like Blade, where Blade kind of ends, or yeah, you go to the bar and you drink or whatever. But this is like, we were forging until 11 o'clock at night. Oh, awesome. <laughs> like, people were like, over into midnight, I'm sure. So it was. Nice. Well, you got fun. me sold. I'm going. I'm going next year for sure. Definitely. That's if, awesome. If my wedding lands on that weekend, you know, maybe I might just skip and go to Maker Camp. <laughs> you just get yeah, married right. at Maker Camp. Just get married there. Why don't you just have it there? Oh, Emily shit. would love that. Oh, uh, sure. Real quick, we have, since the last time I was on the show, we have six new patrons. I want to shout them out really quick. Thank you to all 97 of our patrons uh, who support our show, you beautiful people, and you beautiful sons of bitches, you. Uh, I love you. Uh, we've got Eric Anderson from Catalyst Knives, Mr. Nick Tobin, if you can believe hey. this. Mr. Nick Tobin signed up. Uh, Christy Steinman, she's uh, Twisted and Twine, uh, Twisted Twine Woodworking. Um, she's also the co-host on the um, the podcast. Uh, oh, God, I'm drawing a blank um, with Austin and uh, what? I was on it. What the hell? Uh, I'm sorry, clamp? I forgot the name. Is it Clamp? No, it's not clamp. It's the Man, other, it's, I just I know what that, the hell. I, I'm trying to think of all the ones. Oh, that making been our on. way, making our making way, making our way. Out. Yeah, I figured it out. Uh, Jordan Kawaski, Kawaski, Kawasaki, Kawasaki. Yeah, Kaw. Jo- Jordan, I'm sorry, I messed up your name. Jordan Kawasaki. That's uh, it's a Zura maker. So he joined up. Uh, one and only Ben Butler is now a patron of himself, which I found funny. <laughs> what the hell? He joined up so he can like see oh, comments he, and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah. yeah. And then um, Dean Duplantis, who is the other host of Making Our Way. So now, like, every host of Making Our Way um, is on the show. Another shout-out, there's been some changes at the Hustle and Grind podcast. I don't know if you guys are listening to that, but if you're not, Noah uh, Bloomberg uh, and Ryan of Chadbourne Knifeworks are the new i don't know how it's all working but i think jason stepped back for a bit and they're doing it and they're kind of changing things up a little bit the show is great it was always great it was an always great show uh but uh they're changing things up and they just had jason knight on and if you haven't heard it you need to hear it it's really good very good show it's a great show and uh big shout out to those guys and uh we appreciate your work and everything else so go check out the hustle and grind podcast and I think that's all I got for shout outs uh, right it's, now. Uh, We're not going to do WFI. You, you know, you know why Ben, you know why Ben is uh, um, a patron of this? So he can hear what we're going to say about him on the after show. That's why. I think that's it. <laughs> I think that's it. He's on most shows these days. But yeah, the ones that he's not on, he needs to be in the know for sure. With uh, Hustle and Grind, they just had Jason Knight on and then they're having me on this upcoming week and how in the I'm hell am I supposed to follow that up? What? You got to talk is about time travel. <laughs> <laughs> aliens and time travel, I guess. Interdimensional Just start aliens. talking about the weirdest thing you can come up with. Pyramids and time traveling <laughs> sideways and all this other oh stuff. Oh my gosh, that was such a good show. Great show. Oh. And I, I just, I, I dig the energy over there. So go check it out. I think it's a, it's a good, uh, 
good way to uh, support more makers in the community. Uh, you guys got any shout outs? You want to you want to scream anybody out right now? Yeah. So actually, I have an update from Brian Hunt. If you guys remember and have been listening for a while, he has done a couple of raffles to raise money for his daughter's eye surgery. She has a lazy eye, but not just in one direction. It goes in two directions, which makes it super difficult to operate on. So basically his his insurance has dropped the ball. It happens to not be under one type of insurance and not be under the, the other. So he's basically fallen through Such the cracks. Such a scam, that insurance. I know, I what know. What the hell? So he sent me an update video. So let's go ahead and listen to that now. Hey, everyone. I want to take a quick minute to give an update on Ellie's eye therapy and to thank everyone who has donated so far to help fund it. She had her three-month reevaluation today, and her vision in her left eye has improved from 2150 to 2125, which is good progress for the first three months. The big news is that her eye stability has improved greatly. During the tests, her eye didn't wander at all when the doctor was trying to get it to wander when she was looking up close, and at long distance, it wandered 200% less than it did the last time she was tested. She was also able to do several tests she couldn't do last time since her brain isn't shutting off her bad eye this time and her eyes are starting to work together the way they should. She scored 75% better on her depth perception tests than she did the first time and my wife and I have already noticed a huge difference in how much more confident she is interacting with the world, specifically running and climbing on things. The doctor said she is currently on track to have her vision corrected down to 2040 by next August. We are going to be doing another raffle to can help continue funding her therapy starting November 17th and currently plan on drawing the winner on December 11th. It will be the winner's choice between an 8-inch chef's knife and a 4.5-inch drop point hunter. Again, thank you all for your prayers and support. That just touches my heart, man. I so know, the right? community <laughs> has put put money into by buying these raffle tickets for for this therapy. And it's just such a beautiful thing that we have people that are willing to do this. And, and uh, it's awesome. And so happy to be a part of it and feel blessed to be a part of that. So that's an awesome update, man. Holy shit. For sure. Uh, we had Brian Hunt. Go check him out. Hidden Rose Forge. We just did an episode, an interview episode with him last week, this past show. So go check out that. Hear about his life story a little bit more. And then also go and support more, more so that, you know, his, his family can, can support the daughter with the, with the eye therapy and whatnot. So yeah, go and check out Hidden Rose Forge. He's a great guy, great family, man. He's been dealt a lot of raw deals through his life. So it's really cool that we're able to support him on this. And on a separate note, we now have a private message on Patreon from our short fat friend, Brigham Kindell. Since we're at the top of the hour, we are going to do uh, I'm going to read this because it's 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 very apropos. Uh, it's a it's a question. What is the best way to calculate a pumpkin's circumference? What is the best way to, to figure that out? <laughs> you use pumpkin pie. It's pretty dang good. And. Brigham, for our after show, would like to know this. Uh, he's got a question for all of us. He says, do you feel like you've developed a certain style with your work, and how would you articulate said style? So that's something we'll discuss on the after show. Very nice. But, Very uh, nice. gentlemen, anything else you want to bring up or uh, anybody you want to light on fire? You want to, like, just burn some bridges? I mean, I'm, <laughs> I'm cool with all that. This okay. Dennis Tyrell guy has just been pissing me off lately. I don't know. Yeah, well, I'm doing my best. <laughs> you know, Dennis, I have your oh. your uh, magazine article that you signed for me. Um, uh. It's hanging right over my bathroom door. So, like, every time I go to the bathroom, I think of you. <laughs> so. Don't pee on it. I'm not peeing on it. It's outside the bathroom. It's uh. It's got a place on my post. Oh. Where, and, in fact, I, it's a post that it has, like, a bunch of stuff. Like, I got stuff from Jimmy Duresta and, like, you know, a bunch of people sent me nice notes and stuff, like personal stuff. But uh, I, I, I just love that uh, you're a part of our community. You're such a valued member of our community. And just keep doing what you're doing, dude. 
And, um, you know, however, you know, we can all participate and help. Just let us know, you know, if you're, I get so many requests from people that find out about these challenges. They're like, how do I get involved? I'm like, you got to snuggle up to Dennis because <laughs> that's the only way to get involved in this stuff and, and hope somebody drops out in the next round or, or whatever. And you got to meet certain criteria to get in. But, uh, but yeah, the challenges are such an awesome thing, dude. So nice work. Thank you. And uh, thank you guys for participating, pushing this and uh, yeah, just helping uh, get the word out. Uh, and I'm, I'm glad uh, for those that don't know, uh, there's a Facebook group called YouTube Knife Maker Challenge. Uh, if you want to get info on how to participate as a viewer or just see updates from the challenge from the participating channel uh, channels, uh, join that Facebook group. Wait a second. Did we ever talk about what the next challenge is going to be? We did not. You're, you're right. There it is. There Let's it is. Do it. The, Almost lost that. Uh, the next challenge, by a very slim margin, uh, is going to be the Chopper Challenge. And now, so we're building a helicopter? Is that what this is? Yeah. <laughs> I'm confused. Some, some, one of the guys, I think it was Keaton, did say, get to the chopper. Get uh, to the, the chopper. chopper. <laughs> Uh, no, this challenge is, and it can be an axe, it can be a kukri, it can be anything that you would consider a chopper. Mm. I like secondary it. thing for the after show. Let's let's maybe brainstorm a little bit about what we're gonna do on the chopper challenge. Unless you want, unless you want to play it close to the vest, of course. But I'm not totally sure what I'm gonna do yet. But I got some mm. ideas. Maybe we'll cover. I'm gonna the do whatever show. Brian's doing because obviously he's got the winning decisions because he, every time he's just beating me every on, on every one of these so. i just paid off the right people <laughs> oh shoot well, I, I wouldn't have needed a, a lot more carbon fiber for that ah. <laughs> oh goodness shoot. well very good well listen all right let's move over to the after show we appreciate you listening thank you so much i really 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 appreciate all the community reaching out to me and making sure i was happy and healthy getting better every day a little stronger and uh we're gonna just keep working for it in the workshop and the studio and um guys dennis i appreciate you buddy as you know brian i appreciate you ben we missed you buddy it's all good ben's doing his thing today and um he held up the fort while i was out tried to steal my shingles thunder (laughs) i got you beat buddy i got you all this crones bullshit and whatever else don't try to steal my sickness ben sick of it tired of that alright love you guys appreciate you I I screwed it up again (laughs) 15 seconds we're almost there oh my god this is the longest exit music ever it's like a minute work for it guys nailed it